it comes in the it comes with the with the wedding band too. No, it doesn't come with it. It doesn't, but he it, it he offered it, he offers one that you want. Oh, that's cool because this one would go with it, um, and you could have it in silver, like uh, like you want. Here, I'll send it to you. And this would like definitely get the curve. There you go. <laughs> you can also just like scroll down and find it, but <laughs> just really. Hello and welcome back to Real Horror Show. I'm your host Samantha, and I'm joined as always by the Stormy Skies. Hello. My boyfriend got a promotion at work, so naturally we're already planning my wedding, which just has to happen now. It has to happen soonish. Hopefully within the next five years, maybe. Is that a good like estimate? Yeah, yeah. I usually give 20 years, but five years is fair. Jesus, 20 years, Sam. What the fuck will be dead? <laughs> we're already dead. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Shit. Well, I guess we're fucked. We can't have one. Damn it. Don't tell David that you're oh, a ghost. No. <laughs> uh, you can still have a ghost wedding. Yeah, that's true. Ghost weddings yeah, are I, very popular. Yeah, really popular. What the fuck? Anyway. Cool. But so, how's your fall going? You know what? It's going well, but it's so funny. I have this weird, surreal feeling because I I went to a Halloween party um, last weekend. And since I did that and I dressed up right now, I feel like Halloween has already passed. It's such a weird feeling. I feel so weird, but it's not it hasn't yet happened. So I'm like in this weird funk, but I'm like really enjoying the, the fall weather. It's the leaves have um, completely turned here where I live uh, in Pennsylvania and it, everything is beautiful. It's very crisp outside and breezy and the leaves are everywhere. It's really, really cool and very much enjoying the fall. And uh, we have been watching spooky movies and watching spooky TV shows. And I started to read a spooky story and it's all good. Nice. I, too, have been watching scary movies. Go figure. Uh, I finally decided Ooh. to watch the uh, 2010's I Spit on Your Grave trilogy. Um, oh, yeah. a trilogy? I knew there was two. Yeah, there's a third one, and I don't know. They're all garbage. Is, it called, is the third one called, like, I Spit It on Your Grave Again? <laughs> no, it's called I Spit on Your Grave 3. Vengeance is mine. And I guess oh. it... It never. I don't think it had a theatrical release in America, but it did in U Ukraine and Russia. That's like where it opened, and I could see why these movies would be popular in Russia. It just has like that vibe that I imagine Russia having, but they're not good movies, I folk. Saw the first one. Yeah, no, they're not. I saw the first one. I hadn't seen the original, but I saw the first one. Like I think when it came out, I think I rented it back in 2010 and i was like wow cool i hadn't seen a movie quite that like graphic because it is kind of graphic but like it's just not memorable man i don't know yeah, i thought it had some good like kills in it but the whole time i was watching it i kept thinking who is this supposed to be scary for like you have you have the rape aspect but that's more exploitative than scary 
That's what I thought as well, because there was really no, like, depth to it at all. You don't really care about any of the characters. I know. It's almost like, because the only part I, like, remember vividly, because I don't remember any of the kills, but I remember, like, the, um, the girl, like, butt-raping the guy with, like, uh, like a shotgun. That um, happened. And that's the only part I remember. But then, like, when the way I remember it, it was almost, like, comical. And it shouldn't have been. Because she, like, talked down to him during it in, like, a comical way. And you're just like, why would you say that? That's stupid. It just, yeah. it just doesn't sit right, man. I don't know. I'm sure. That, have you seen the original? I haven't. But I'm sure it's, like, much. I've seen the original. It's, it's about the same. It's not very memorable. <laughs> um Still exploitative, poorly made. Uh, I don't know if that or uh, Last House on the Left came out first, but I think I would prefer Last House on the Left just because you kind of get, even though it's Wes Craven's first movie, you kind of just get that Wes Craven polish on it. Yeah, I hear that Last House on the Left, the original, was like messed up. But super messed up. There's a scene where... uh, the killers literally rip out a girl's intestines. Because uh, I've only seen the remake of Last House on the Left, and that's messed up. I haven't so, seen the remake. If I mean, it's, it's, it's remake, fucked up. It? It, you know what? That remake has the depth that I think uh, I spent in your grave is lacking because, like, you really feel so bad for everybody involved, except for the the um, like rapists and like crazy redneck people. Yeah. You know that goes. And for me, I think Last House on the Left works better because in the original, the girl is killed and it's her parents getting revenge. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, I would hope my parents avenge me in that scenario. Yeah. I, I mean, and I spit on your grave. You get why she wants revenge. You get why she's angry. She was raped. But mm-hmm. for me, especially in the remake, it's just not that believable that this 90 pound girl can carry these gigantic men by herself and rig up these traps that she rigs up right yeah yeah that's another thing i did i didn't think of this house on the left makes sense to me because it's a mother and father tag teaming it so i don't know personal preferences they're all over the place yeah yeah for sure but i think we can all agree that the best rape revenge movie is american mary yeah Absolutely. That is a fantastic movie. And it I wish it was still on Netflix. Mm. Uh, Man, it was on Netflix a couple years ago when I was in Alexandria. It's the first time I watched it. So good. And you know, so and you know why it's so good? Because it was actually written and directed by women. Imagine that, a rape revenge story being told from the female perspective. <laughs> I know. What a what a groundbreaking idea. A foreign wow. concept. Oh, maybe that's why the... I can't believe that, but, like... That's probably why I spit on your grave 2010 is so, like, bad and cheesy, because she's a strong character, but they're writing her the way people... There's a trope that I've noticed, like, with YA fiction and even adult fiction, where they're writing female characters, and they lose their femininity and get more masculine traits, and it's done by men authors and women authors alike. And I think that's the issue with I Spit on Your Grave. She became too masculine with the way she sought out her revenge. Yes. 
yeah, I think uh, that sounds like spot on. Cool. I spit on your grave. Such a great title wasted on such a shitty movie. It doesn't even spit on anyone's <laughs> grave in the whole movie. So if I were an Amazon reviewer, I'd give it one star for false advertising. Yeah. And I'd be like, no spitting or graves. <laughs> you know what movie really lives up to its title? Oh, um, I think I know what movie you might be referring to, but you better tell me just in case I'm wrong. All righty. Children of the Corn, parentheses, advertised as Stephen King's Children of the Corn, end parentheses, is a 1984 American supernatural horror film based upon the Stephen King 1977 short of the same name. Directed by Fritz Kirsch, the film's cast consists of Peter Horton, Linda Hamilton, John Franklin, Courtney Gaines, Robbie Keeger, Anne-Marie McAvoy, and Julie Madalena. She said in the fictitious rural town of Gatlin, Nebraska, the film tells the story of a malevolent, malevolent entity referred to as he who walks behind the rose, which entices the children of the town to ritually murder all the adults in town and a couple driving across country to ensure a successful corn harvest. King wrote the original draft of the screenplay, which focused more on the characters of Bert and Vicky and depicted more history on the uprising of the children of Gatlin. The script was disregarded in favor of George Goldsmith's screenplay, which featured more violence and more conventional narrative structures. Filming took place mainly in Iowa, but also in California. It spawned a franchise of films and has gained a cult following. <laughs> I haven't myself seen the sequels. I don't think I can get the nerve up to do it. I've seen all of the children yeah. of the corn movies i can't remember if it was grad school really? or undergrad school where i just kind of where they were all on netflix so i just ended up watching every single one of them do i remember every single it was one definitely them? grad school it was grad school it was grad school because i remember seeing the sequel and like the third one called like urban harvest and all that crazy shit urban harvest is the one that just itself. popped in my head because it's like these urban kids go to iowa and i don't i don't know anything beyond that <laughs> <laughs> oh, right off the bat, this movie is not good. <laughs> that do not that doesn't mean I don't like it. It's just garbage. It's it's just not great. I I mean, like it's it's a lovable thing. And you know what? Now that since you mentioned that there was like another screenplay that wasn't used, I wonder how it would have been if it the focus was on like the children like and their uprising. That would kind of would have been cool to see. Had gone with Stephen King's screenplay. He probably wanted a cameo, so they told him no. <laughs> yeah, he would. Who would he be though? Like Bert, the main guy. Would he be the gas station attendant? There's not many. Adults would obviously be the gas station <laughs> attendant. That mean guy who's like, we don't have a phone or gas or anything. Like, get out of here. Because before we recorded this episode, I had intended to read the short story to do kind of compare and contrast. I couldn't find it in any of my yeah. local libraries and I didn't want to buy it. Um, so I'm just kind of skimming the Wikipedia article about it. And basically, they just pissed all over the original story. Not surprising for a 1984 Stephen King adaptation. Well, the biggest difference um, right off the bat is 
in the movie, yeah. Bert and Vicky are very much in love to a really cringy kind of level. Like you have Linda Hamilton doing a strip tease, I guess. I don't know what the fuck that was. Yeah, but it's more like it's more like singing a stupid song poorly once you wake up. Like, get the fuck out of here, bitch. I'm pretty sure. It, a stupid song that makes no sense. I, I don't know yeah. about you and Luke, but if I woke up and just sang a stupid song to David first thing in the morning, he'd be like, the fuck are you doing, <laughs> Sam? <laughs> you'd be like, Sam, shut up. And you'd be like, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. <laughs> um, but in the book, basically, Bert and Vicky are having are in a failing marriage, and they constantly fight with each other. And be, and their trip to California is their last ditch effort to save their marriage. They married in in the movie. I don't think they're officially married in the movie. I think they were engaged. Yeah, I get I get such a weird. Yeah, I get this weird, like, vibe that they're, like, boyfriend, girlfriend, or fiancé, but, like, not quite married because I don't know why I get that vibe. I think maybe it's because of the stuff they say to each other. I'm not sure. It's probably one of those situations where she desperately wants to get married and the guy's focused on his career. And then she springs the fact that she wants kids on him at the last minute and they end up adopting two Amish children at the end of the movie. (laughs) career sam they're traveling cross country for an internship but the guy dropped that he's 40 what the fuck did you fucking not notice that man i didn't rewatch the movie for this episode so i'm just going off pure memory because this movie's very memorable in a lot of ways i did not remember that who drives? They're having a conversation. Who would drive cross country yeah. for an internship in your forties, son? It's time to get a real job. Wait, he's a doctor, isn't he? Yeah, okay. but he's going to like be an intern. Well, that's what doctors do. Is they um, so that doctors usually ninety percent of the time have paid internships, and they're actually like practicing doctors. They're just interns, and then they become residents, and then they become attendees. Thanks, Scrubs, for teaching me about medical school. <laughs> um, so that well, this guy's fucking forty; he should just have his own fucking residency by now. Like, what the fuck uh, you doing? He is a little old, and if I was Vicky, I probably wouldn't <laughs> be with someone who clearly decided late in life to become a doctor. Yeah, way too late. God, and what hospital are they trying to get to if they have to? go through iowa just like that seems like a convoluted setup it should just be like they're going on vacation like i know it's so it's like they made it like too complicated and it's like uh okay geez um uh, what's your name george goldsmith people do just go on vacation (laughs) yeah dude they go on road trips sometimes you know it's not that hard to believe I guess that's 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 story talk. Let's talk about the acting, which (laughs) Linda Linda Hamilton, did she do this or Terminator first? Because Linda Hamilton, famous for being Sarah Connor. In fact, she's going to be Sarah Connor again within the next year. Okay, so this movie came out the same year as Terminator. Really? The fuck? I didn't know she was, I didn't know that was a Terminator girl. Cool. 
I know. I feel like no one ever will believe you if you say that Linda she's just not that recognizable. Yeah. Her character is complete shit in this movie. I know. It's so weird to me that Linda Linda Hamilton, one of the most iconic like action stars of yeah. recent times, was it was just like a passive female character. Right? Yeah, super passive. Just stuck with this fucking loser guy. <laughs> fucking washed up doctor going from place to place doing his internships because he keeps getting kicked out. Why does he need to get an internship in California anyway? Do they live in a town with no hospitals? No, it seemed like they were like living out of hotel rooms and stuff and they're like, oh yeah, we got we got to hit the road and like go to the place and drive there because tomorrow I start work. Like you should already been there, not driving there. Yeah, that sounds, he, you know. Sounds like he's just really bad at planning shit. For planning, I I agree. You and I moved to Alexandria for grad school three months before. Well, I moved there three months before yeah. to try and find a job, and we all know how that went. Yeah, I moved. Um, uh, in I I believe I moved in in August, so I think I moved there maybe a couple weeks to a month before. I moved down in May. Um, girl. Yeah. That was that was sorry I didn't move down sooner and be with you. It's fine, I was lonely. Could have started didn't know you existed yet. Well, that's just the biggest tragedy. Uh let's see, what else? How do you feel? Before I say children, I know that not Malachi. Is it Malachi? The short one. Isaac? Isaac. One, Isaac, Isaac, is, the Isaac one, yeah. is not a character in the short story, I believe. And two, I understand that he was not a child. He was a, he's an adult with some genetic disorder. I, I know that. Don't, yeah, he's a grown-ass man. Don't <laughs> help me. But don't how did me. you feel about the children actors? Um, They were great. <laughs> Uh, at least Malachi and Isaac were. So Malachi is a fucking icon. Malachi's the redhead. He is a fucking Malachi icon. is a fucking icon because he's fucking terrifying and like super tall and like just ruthless and a ginger, so he's automatically like weird and creepy. And also he's very independent because he turns against Isaac uh because he's trying to be a free thinker and do all these things so it's like boom no isaac is a character in the short story but i don't think his role is quite as big as it is in the movie yeah they call isaac the master the fuck are you doing i'm playing with a lipstick i'm playing with a lipstick the lip with lipstick i have a playing with the got the uh good old fidget spin I should have I should have my fidget spinner by the desk. It's always a fucking issue. I have shit on my desk and I play with it and it shows up in the recording. I'm sorry, everybody. Just like me when I have my person note and I'm just like this. I fucking do that. And you're like, what are you shuffling cards? And I was like, no, I'm just fucking touching stuff. Sorry. <laughs> I can't. 
stay still. Uh, fuck. Anyway. Wow, the ending of the short story is really depressing. Really? Why? Does everybody die? Uh, Vicky and Bert die, and then he who walks behind the rose <laughs> commands that the age limit be lowered to 18 years old as night falls Malachi and all the other 18-year-olds walk into the cornfield to sacrifice themselves. If they're sacrificing themselves, that means it's consenting to death. Right? Yeah. Interesting fact, apparently Gatlin... No, wait. Hemingford home, a neighboring town to Gatlin, is the location of The Last Rung on the Ladder and 1922, which we debated watching, but I don't, I don't consider 1922 a horror movie. I see. It's just a little creepy. That's creepy. I'd say it's more of a drama with kind of a mystery element to it. I understand that it's Stephen King, so okay. you immediately want to label it as a horror movie, but Stephen King, everything is horror with him. Yeah. I'd argue his best stuff isn't his horror novels. Right, yeah, yeah, we talked about this last episode, I think. It's been a while. It's been two weeks. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. But, uh, yes, Isaac and Malik yeah. are very good. Very good. Okay, so we've already talked a little bit about plot. What else is there to talk about plot-wise other than um, this movie's fucking Wait, wild? I have to... I have a question. Mm-hmm. Even before the children killed everybody... Um, they all had biblical names. Why? What the fuck kind of town are they living in? I would say I wouldn't necessarily call it an Amish town, but probably very close to Amish, very fundamental, maybe Mennonite, Mennonite. Um, one kid's name was Job. The fuck? I wouldn't think that's uncommon in like an Amish Mennonite type community because the only things they really read are the Bible and Bible verses. <laughs> so but they don't know any other names. I understand. <laughs> yeah. So, and I'd say most of the names in Western society are biblical or religious in some capacity, unlike Samantha, which is just a name apparently made out of fucking thin air. Yeah. Um, I see what mine is too, right? I don't think there's a message redacted. Bible. I have to bleep that out later. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Okay, well, that was just. Uh, your spelling uh, is, um, what? I think what? your spelling is French, isn't it? Yes. So it probably, we. It probably has like <laughs> French origins in some capacity. Yeah, uh, Samantha, meaning combination name. What the fuck? Means combination name and is of <laughs> American origin. Samantha is a name that's been used by parents who are considering baby names for girls. There is a misconception that Samantha is an old English or Hebrew name. In reality, the name Samantha was first recorded in the southern U.S. just after 1800. The name is most likely a combination of the names Samuel and Anthea or Amarantha. 
Amarantha sounds cool uh, as hell. Uh, that's that's my name origin straight. A combination name. <laughs> straight from babynames.com, the official source. Nice. A combination name. Can you change your <laughs> your name on Messenger from QQA, QQA, QQA to combination name? Got it. Uh, that would just make my day. Your name means <laughs> sir, su- supplanter. Supplanter, I knew that. Yeah. I did, because I had a card that had meaning. Oh, this is in French. Why is it in French? <laughs> because your name's French. Okay. Anyway. Translate. Anyway, supplanter. What's supplanter? I plant stuff. Yeah, let's just say you plant stuff. Um, uh, let's see. Story. Okay, um, Bert and Vicky are both just horrible people. And you know what? They're so fucking annoying. Because Bert, all he does is, like, drive aimlessly around like he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. He fucking hits that kid with the car and kills him. And doing that is murder, and he doesn't report it, and he should lose his medical license so he can't practice anymore. And then probably go to a new state and get an internship. That's probably what happened last time. And that's why he's a 40-year-old intern. I I like this theory that um, everywhere Bert goes, he accidentally runs someone (laughs) over. And so they have to start (laughs) over. Bert's not even his real name. Yeah. I I like that. And Bert is is not his real name because it's such a dumb name that only he would come up with it. He has in Stephen King. Yep. Bert. He's like, this guy's going to be a fucking loser. What, what's a loser's name? Bert. It's just absolutely a loser's name. Totally is. And then he's with Vicky. That's like an annoying person's name. And she is annoying because she wakes him up with a stupid song. And he's literally sitting there like, uh, she really, she wakes him up and puts a fucking candle in his fucking face. Like first thing. And she's like, blow it out. What'd you wish for? Tell me what you wish for. I'm going to sing you a song. And I'm just like, bitch, shut up. For five seconds. And the iconic Sarah Connor, everybody. Ugh, whatever. I haven't seen the Terminator in a long haven't. time. I'm on the fence about going I'm on the fence about going to see Dark Fates. The new one. Terminator robot trying to terminate her. Is that still the purpose of the movie? I don't know what the purpose is anymore. To kill Sarah Connor. <laughs> what was the first purpose? Why Why did Sarah Connor need to be uh, killed? Sarah Connor needed to be killed because her son was going to be the one to lead the revolution against Skynet and end their reign of tyranny. So in order to prevent that from happening, they were going to prevent, they were going to kill Sarah Connor. So there was zero chance that John Connor would be born. It could have like gave her like a hysterectomy. Well, that's just not exciting. (laughs) Terminator into a medical (laughs) and like she'd be alive. (laughs) Yeah, because they could do it while she's sleeping because they're supercomputer robots, right? Can't they do shit like that? They couldn't necessarily. Come on now. I mean, a hysterectomy (laughs) wouldn't guarantee that she wouldn't have a kid. You can always adopt or get a surrogate. Checkmate. (laughs) Hmm. That's true. 
it would it be like okay wait so was this like a uh like a prophecy that sarah connor would have a kid i think it was a prophecy that would take down okay it would would it be her dna that would take him down or would it be like her guidance and her child's upbringing uh, yeah it would, it would be like the child's <laughs> upbringing i mean he would be born into this world where it's controlled by these robots trying to kill all humans so naturally there was a whole christian bale movie about this fuck which movie <laughs> Terminator no, 2. like there's the original trilogy Judgment Day. that never actually got to the actual um, uprising. Uh, I think. Okay. Skynet invent the robots? Uh, Did they take Terminator over Salvation. like a robot? It was Terminator Salvation. Um, okay. Basically, that one takes place after Judgment Day has occurred. John Connor is supposed to stop Judgment Day. I don't know that much about Terminator. We're talking about Children of the Corn. Let's see. Um, I know, I'm sorry. So, Isaac is a short legend. He's also a little shit. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's a little shit. But you know what? He's so good in his role as, like, the crazy religious master and stuff i like it kind of bad for this actor because one he has a genetic disorder and two this is literally the one role he is ever gonna be known for oh i see He's, this is his life oh, malachi Shit, he also plays cousin it in the adams family Cousin it you mean like the hairy one that you can't see his face. Yeah. Oh. Well, yeah. Cool. So John Franklin, <laughs> who plays Isaac, he has a oh. growth hormone deficiency. As a result, mm -hmm. his adult height is barely five feet. I see. Malachi is like a fucking seven foot freak. Outlander, Outlander. I have your woman. <laughs> Who walks? Isaac was twenty five in this movie. Jesus. Well, that's why he was so good because he was mature. <laughs> yeah. Um, can't remember. It was a VH1 special, and it might have been most iconic child actors. And the guy who played. Uh, Malachi was on the list. I can't remember which number he was, but he talked about the role. And just how much fun he had playing it. And you could tell he probably was loving. He was loving every minute of playing this character. Yeah, absolutely. It was awesome. Oh, him in his like brown outfit. <laughs> his ginger hair. Oh, yes. Um, okay, well, we can talk more about the plot. Okay, so I already we already talked about the old 40-year-old intern. Um, <laughs> uh, I mentioned about Bert. Let's like complain about him a little bit more. Um, he like, they stopped at a bunch of places and he, I said, Bert could literally just leave after not finding a working telephone. Like, what are you doing? Just go. 
Like they literally go into every building in the entire town looking for a phone to use and they can't find one. It's like, okay, well, once you find one place with no phone, it's best to just move on. I mean, were there even phone lines? I don't know. I feel like he was trying to call somebody and the lines were down. And he's like, oh, maybe I'll try the other phone. <laughs> you dumbass. It's like, well, you're supposed to be a doctor. And you're supposed to be pretty clever. And Vicky's like, let's just go. Let's just go to the next town. And she's like, no, Vicky. Fuck. There's fucking corn everywhere. We gotta stay. Shit. Anyway. Or but yeah, I got some corn in the fridge. Maybe I'll eat that for a late night snack. So Stephen King always has these supernatural elements and it wouldn't be the same unless he made one of the kids like a clairvoyant. Uh, So the little girl, Sarah, who's adorable, um, can draws pictures of the future. Uh, Yeah, of course. I think it's Sarah and the. uh, Her brother, her brother, who weren't characters in the short story. Oh, really? Well, so she wasn't necessarily the supernatural element, but he who walks behind the rose definitely was. Yes, he he was, but doesn't he always give girls special powers? Like in carry and stuff? Um, Yeah, I suppose he does. He does that in like every novel though, because I've I've read a lot and like in the stand he gives a girl a special power. And then in like because the the main character the one of the main girl characters is a clairvoyant. And then in fucking the other one, uh called um Insomnia, the guy has supernatural powers. He's a clairvoyant. Everyone's a clairvoyant. But of course he who walks behind the rose is a supernatural element too. Just like that, you know, unknown like being that you don't know what it is, but it's there. Mm-hmm. It's a metaphor for religion. Are we gonna go see Doctor Sleep? You seen Doctor Sleep? At first, I didn't know um why you hated it, but then I watched the full trailer and saw that the plot involved people who, I guess, steal psychic powers. And I'm like, wait, what? don't steal psychic powers sam in the book i don't know what they're doing in the movie because i haven't well i only watched like one trailer but in the book it's they they do this thing where they just capture somebody and they inhale their essence so like it's like they eat their soul but they call it steam and they inhale it like they're getting high and then they're and then they're high and then yeah and there's like a fucking freak show troupe that travels around in like a goddamn caravan from place to place. And they have these ridiculous nicknames that only Steven could come up with. It's stupid. And in the book, um, What's-His-Face is still alive. Dick Holleran. That's because he doesn't die in the first book. So I wonder how, since they're making this kind of a sequel to The Shining, I wonder how they're gonna... I guess they could just make him a ghost in the movie. Yeah, they could make him a ghost. Speaking of which, it was very weird, and I don't know what kind of game Steve is playing right now. <laughs> but um, they, they yeah. he introduced. We we saw The Shining in theaters when it was having like a special screening, and th- that's where I saw the full trailer and kind of a making of. 
for Dr. Sleep and Stephen King introduced it with the director and he said, not only has so-and-so created a great adaptation of my work, he's also made a great sequel to Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. I'm like, what game are you playing, Steve? Are you low-key saying this is a shitty movie? Yeah, he might be. Because doesn't he, like, not like Kubrick's version? You fucking hated Kubrick's version. Yeah, well, then he's pissed. He's like, well, you know, I mean, you made a good sequel to the shit movie. What were they going to make it a sequel to? The shitty miniseries? (laughs) Yeah, they could just make it another miniseries, which is the sequel. Dr. Sleep, the five-parter. I don't even remember what even happens like to conclude that story because it was so dull. It's just like, I don't know. It's not scary, Sam. Like the book is not scary. Okay. Like the only scary element is that the supernatural element. And I think it's more supernatural than like horrifying compared to The Shining, which is everything, every goddamn thing in that book is scary. And I'm going to say something blasphemous as a horror movie reviewer on the internet. That's one of my big issues with Stephen King novels is we put him up on such a pedestal, but really for... (laughs) He has just as many shitty books as he does good books. No, and that's like the thing, like, like, yeah, Stephen King's cool and all, and I'm glad he's like, you know, a prevalent horror author you know, but sometimes it's just a miss, man. And it's, The Shining should not have had a sequel. He didn't have to do it, but he did it. Okay. I don't know who pressured him. I don't him. think anyone was really clamoring. I know. I, for. Yeah, I don't know who pressured him into it or if he just came up with it on his own. But, like, it didn't need to happen. It happened. I read it. And I just feel nothing about it. Um, but yeah. one thing I am curious, you know, the Dick Halloran thing they can uh, yeah. fix to make him, he's a ghost. That That's why he's still around in Dr. Sleep, because Danny can see ghosts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about the fact that at the end of the novel, the Overlook blows up? It blows up. How I, yeah, because um, <laughs> there's, that, there's that whole thing where they need to fix the boil. They need to check the boiler and release the pressure every few hours in the hotel. Otherwise it'll explode because we're a five-star hotel that's still using our shitty (laughs) heater system from the 1800s. And in his murderous rampage, Jack Torrance forgets to do this and the (laughs) hotel goes up and that's how he dies in the novel and the miniseries. How are they going to address this in Dr. Sleep if it's going to be more of a not homage, but just, you know, an indirect sequel to Kubrick Shining. Like that's the Shining they're going to reference throughout. They're not going to create a new version of the Shining just for this movie. They're going to reference Kubrick. So, I mean, I guess they could just say, oh, the Overlook caught fire in 1995. They're going to do something shit like that and be like, the Overlook, yeah, like it shut down and like, that's it. <laughs> it's like oh okay. uh, maybe i will go see it it'll it'll be free so maybe i will yes. go see it yeah you have to because i don't think i will but one of us i would like one of us to do that and you are able to get to the movies okay. more often so please go see it let me know how it is it's good to at least see it and see what's going on you know yeah i yeah. should we we need to stay relevant should i go see adam's family tomorrow night maybe I will. yeah it'll be fun 
Adam's. I think maybe I will because David has to work Friday, so yeah. he'll be in bed and I can just go to the movies. The movies. Nice. nice. It'll just, it'll be so hard for me to go see the Adams Family because Adams Family Values is one of my favorite Halloween movies. And it's such a good movie, dude. <laughs> but, oh, it's, it's not the, it's not the fun one. Fuck. I don't know. It's, that's, that's, just see it anyway. It might be fun just to go out. I'm sure it will be. It'll just be weird having these different voices for these characters. Yeah. I don't see any reason Christina Ricci couldn't come back to voice Wednesday Adams. Well, she's she's too busy being beautiful and awesome. Um, that's fair. <laughs> yes. Still, not not back to the topic of Children of the Corn, but to just the Stephen King in general. Okay. Part of me, the release of In the Tall Grass and It Chapter Two, not living up to the hype. And now Dr. Sleep joining this uh, God. Uh, Stephen King renaissance. Do you feel like the Stephen King renaissance is kind of coming to a slow, sad end? Yeah, like a steady decline. Um, you got Gerald's Game, which was fantastic. And I am shocked with how much I, how much I liked It Chapter One. Yeah. Um, was 1922 it- was great. I didn't watch. I did. Um, David and his dad and I went and it was just, Oh, it wasn't good. I think it crumbled under the pressure they built for themselves. Cause it chapter one solid. I would honestly just watch that by itself and not acknowledge that there's a chapter two, but they, they didn't fix. I, feel, I, I felt that. Coming. I mentioned this. I think I talked about it on Twitter where they didn't, fix the tonal issues of the first movie. Those issues were easier to ignore because the scares were genuinely scary. And then you kind of had this moment of levity, but then you have moments that were supposed to be serious in the novel turn into kind of lighthearted comic moments. Like um, when the kids are throwing rocks at the bullies, that's supposed to be this huge moment and they just turn it into like this light fun moment. Um, So, so, yeah, what the fuck? Because I remember in the novel, that's like yeah. really serious. So they just added like an uplifting song to that scene. And anyway, <laughs> there were issues like that that I could easily look past because the rest of it was pretty solid. But then in It Chapter Two, they kind of really fucked up balancing the humor and the horror. Like they would have jokes that would just interrupt these moments of tension. And I'm like, no, you do the lightheartedness after the scare. So you give, you lull the audience into a false sense of security. You don't do the comedy during the scary bits. Yeah, you know who else hates that is Luke. And hates that shit when they put comedy where it shouldn't be in a movie that's supposed to be scary yeah, like at the moment. There's the scene where they're running from uh, it. It's when the adults are in the cave and... Uh, there's just this whole comedic bit with two characters and a cute little dog like, oh, it's not scary. It's, and then it's like, no, stop trying to make me laugh when I'm supposed to be like scared right now. <laughs> right. I think I think good horror movies, good horror movies can balance humor with the scares. But when you can't balance it, it's really distracting and pulls you out of the moment. Yes, I absolutely agree. And it just kind of like. Yeah, it it's just it disrupts mm-hmm. like the the flow. Um, 
you know, it's just out of place and it sucks because it's like uh, it shows um, and the audience like doesn't want that. So um, did the one guy um, go I'll ahead? Go. Uh, um, they did this weird thing with the kid actors since <laughs> the kid actors got older between filming where they um, digitally de-aged them. And it was very it was very distracting, and I'm like, well, the kids didn't like move away immediately after that first summer. You could easily just like have those flashback scenes be a summer later or something. I don't know. Yeah, what the fuck? It's weird. De aging. Come on now. Anyway, um, what was your question? Um, w- did the one guy in It Chapter 2 kill himself? Yeah. yeah. In It Chapter 2. Yes, okay. Okay, just just checking to see if they had kept that yeah, one in I there. I think they kept, like, the core story <laughs> elements was- there. It's just the writing was lackluster. Yeah, it's it's sad to watch the Renaissance <sighs> then. just creep to a end. To an end. It was nice, though, while it lasted. That was feel like cool. A- they should have used the opportunity to remake Children of the Corn. Children of the Corn is perfect the way it is. Okay. You can't fix it. Okay. It's already perfect. What kid actors are they going to use these days? It's going to be all they're the gonna same use kids. The, they're going to use the Stranger Things horror movie. Stormy, I don't know. Yeah, well, th- those are the same damn kids they put in Only it. Only one of them was. Right? their fucking faces every it's the same one kid he's in like all these movies now and it's like oh well you're forever tainted because you're from stranger things like i completely forgot pet cemetery was a thing that happened oh yeah yeah that wasn't too good in your book i didn't like it i feel like someone paid off all these critics who were giving it 100 percent reviews 100 <laughs> percent. that should definitely not even exist man like, that's another story where the movie just had horrible pacing. And I'm like, okay, we've just spent an hour and a half building up these characters. And we're going to just have a half an hour of the zombie kid killing everybody. Okay, that's a movie that could have benefited from being two hours versus 90 minutes. Yeah, dude. Shit. Uh, let's oh. see. I guess well, so we got production. Yeah, production. Um, let me see if there's any production notes to go over. <clears throat> On Wikipedia, the film rights were originally optioned by Hal Roach Studios, and Stephen King wrote a script based on his own short story. Hal Roach executives did not want to use Stephen King's script, and George Goldsmith was hired to rewrite it. Goldsmith says King's script started with 35 pages of Bert and Vicky arguing in the car. Huh. Faithful adaptation, you say. So he decided to tell the story visually through the eyes of two new characters, children Job and Sarah. King was unhappy with the changes, but Hal Roach went with Goldsmith. Hal Roach eventually sold the project to New World Pictures, who decided to go with Goldsmith's script, although they tried to remove his name from the credits in favor of King. I'm sure Stephen King really appreciated you putting his name on a shitty script. Right, the fuck? Um, and King has been through some shit with these people making movies. Yes. I don't know. For me, this is just your basic run-of-the-mill early 80s horror flick. There's 
nothing super spectacular about the filming and the effects. He who walks behind the grass, I don't think you needed to see him because that was just cheap 1980s CGI. Yeah, um, yeah, it was whenever it like swallowed up Isaac, it was straight up like cartoonish red glowing mm. CGI. And I was like, oh, very scary if that was real, I'm sure. You never see him in the book. He's just a voice from behind the cornrows, which is fine. That's scary. It is very scary. But in the movie, they made him like a giant, like tunneling thing that tunneled underneath the dirt. (laughs) Like tremors. We can't have nuance in movies. The people are too stupid to understand. Um, I was going to say, can we make a meme about he who walks behind the rose that says, who is he instead of like the who is she meme thing? Yeah, go ahead. You can do that. It'll just be a picture of like fucking corn stalks. I I, I fully support you. Is she? And then um, I know you didn't watch it, but do you happen to remember the end whenever it's like the end of the movie and it just ends abruptly because the the words the end are on the screen but like the movie's still going because <laughs> they take the kids in the car do you remember that at all yeah i remember i remember that scene just being really bad where this poor guy is being roped into adopting two children from a murderous cult uh, right <laughs> it just had me cracking up because it was just like they were like literally like in mid-sentence and it was just like the end and i was like oh all right i guess we're done we're done here. Good night. Let's see here, folks. That's all I had for production, man. Nothing else. Yeah. I didn't have much to say. So this wasn't a spectacular. This movie says it all, dude. This movie speaks for itself. If you're living under a rock and haven't seen it yet, you, you gotta see it. You gotta see it. It's I see it just once. It's a. It's a something. It's something. It's a It's really a. It's a doozy. Fucking doozy. Um, I have some realistic aspects, though. Children. It was like that. Children fucking taking over was my first realistic aspect. Could you imagine if that shit really happened in a whole town? All the adults got killed by the kids. What the fuck kind of shit would that be? That would be pretty wild. I'm sure it's happened somewhere. America's really huge, so there's got to be a small rural town that we just don't know about where the kids have done this. Yeah, you're right. Think huh, about interesting. Kansas. Yeah, because what's going on there? Yeah. I know, right? Like tornadoes, but that can't be it. <laughs> um, let's see. Burning on the lake of fire for all eternity. So I wrote that because... Somebody said it, uh, that that would happen to them if they, like, didn't do something. And I I wrote it because it sounded so scary. Burning on the lake of fire for all eternity. So, that's very scary. And my last realistic aspect is Bert existing. I don't know about you, but do you want a 40-year-old intern doctor check, make it a, making sure you're healthy or not healthy? I don't think so. When he can't even find a phone. Killed him. He killed a child. So, I, I mean... He's killed a bunch he of children. Practicing, he 
shouldn't be practicing medicine anymore. And you're probably right about his fake name. So it's not yes. even his real name. Uh, or it's not even his fucking name. Topic, but uh, remember the iconic film re- we reviewed, A Haunting at Silver Falls? Oh, of course. Well, the sequel Classic. came out this year. I saw that. I saw that. I was like, oh shit, a sequel? An hour and 19 <laughs> minutes. Like, so I'm oh sure God, it's you're just, like, what? <laughs> it's just brilliant. Brilliant. That movie's anyway. fucking weird. Anyway. Much shit going on. <laughs> Want to wrap anyway. some shit up? A plus that shit was wild. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty um, fucking yeah. wild. A-, a plus. A plus that shit was wild. Go watch it. It's not the best, but it's fucking wild. A minus right, outro. A minus. A minus. All right, dude. Let's see. If we're ready to wrap up, I will share the outro notes with our listeners. So, Real Horror Show was created by Sam Odie and Stormy Skies and is directed by Sam Odie. Uh, today, we learned that you should definitely be a, like, not be an intern doctor at 40. No way. Uh, you should also wear a condom, Please. otherwise your children are going to start an uprising and kill you all in your no. sleep. <laughs> Straight up. Also, there's more names available than like names in the Bible. So, yeah, having a son named Job is definitely gonna win him some bullies in school. I'm tell you that, Joby. Anyway, not that I condone bullying in any way. I do. Uh, no. Like what you hear, you can find Real Horror Show on Spotify, TuneIn, Google Play Store, Stitcher, Podcoin, and iTunes. Are we still doing Podcoin? No, we can take that shit out. Podcoin is dead. Like, we're not doing Podcoin Podcoin. Podcoin died. Podcoin's dead, so you can't even do it if you wanted to, man. It's not available anymore. Cool. So now that that's cleared up, really, really like what you hear. Follow us on Twitter at horrorshow underscore underscore pod or search for Real Horror Show on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook at Real Horror Show. Like our page and share our stuff. We also have a website that all of our written reviews and podcasts can be found. RealHorrorShow.com Want to interact with us? Want to make sure we're real humans, not space vampires? Comment on our website or share or email us at RealHorrorShow. What the fuck? RealHorrorShowPodcast at gmail.com Not that you'll even email us. Okay? That doesn't even fucking matter. Whatever. It's been years. All right. Want to argue about? Want to argue with us about something, or think you have a really great horror movie review that you're dying to share with two random strangers from the internet? Submissions are open for movie reviews. Check out the submit page on our website and follow the rubric before sending us anything. If it's not done according to the rubric, it will be disregarded. Sorry, not sorry. We post written reviews sometimes. I just wrote. I just wrote one on Haunters: The Art of the Scare. It's a doozy. Cool. We love horror, and if you're listening, you do too. Please help keep. Please help us keep our project going by visiting our support page on our website, where you can make a one-time donation via PayPal. We also have an Amazon wish list. If you feel like buying us something tangible, will help convey your love more than a monetary donation would. Also, buy us a coffee is a button you can click that will pay us the amount you would need to buy a coffee. A little bit goes a long way. 
Uh, submissions are open for our yearly anthology called The October Monologues. Check out the submissions guidelines on our website and send us your creepy shit. Uh, any other pertinent news, Sam? We didn't mention that uh, this episode was our Halloween special. <laughs> Happy Halloween! We were going to do a lot more Stephen King, but we didn't have time last week, and we weren't really that excited to talk about Carrie anyway. Yay! Yeah, there's just, like, not that much, because we already watched it all. Yay! Cool. Uh, our outro song is called Creepy Doll by Jonathan Colton, and thank you, fuck off, and have a swell evening. Bye. Bye-bye. I love the creepy doll.